Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. What can a construction worker teach us about how to live our faith? As it turns out, a lot. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 214, with Joel Exley. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by, and welcome to the show. We want to see the body of Christ fully connected and engaged in what God is doing in the world. This week, we're going to be talking about how to walk out our faith when the faith is actually the unifying factor between where we are and what we're building. We're going to talk about living a tilted life, and there's a little bit of a pun there, and also about how radical transparency can really free us up. I will have for you a podcast recommendation brought to you by missionalaudio.com and Tales from the Back of the RV. I do want to mention, if you've subscribed to the email newsletter, over the last few weeks, I've been sending out something that's basically just kind of a, hey, I posted a new episode. This week, I'm changing that up. I'm going to have a little bit more personal notes for you again. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, you can do that at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And I also am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. If you'd like to have more information about that and why I'm raising funds for them instead of Engaging Missions, you can check out engagingmissions.com slash fund16. That's fund and the number 16. I have more information about what Global Initiative is doing to equip Christians to reach Muslims for, for, for the gospel there at engagingmissions.com slash fund16. Now, as we transition over to our time with Joel, I'd like to just say, uh, pay attention to his passion for freedom in our lives. It was really inspiring to me, and I think it will be for you as well. All right. Today, I'm really excited to have with me Joel Exley. He's a friend of mine, and we've known each other now for several years. He works in the marketplace, and then he's also launched a ministry called Tilt Unlimited. Today, we're going to talk about life and faith and working in the marketplace while also launching a ministry on the side. And we're going to talk about how he's been walking in faith as he's been walking out this journey. So, Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, I, I got to tell you, it's just such a pleasure to have somebody here in the studio with me, somebody that I know. <laughs> I, I love connecting with people that I've never met, and I love connecting over distance, but there's something different about being in the same space with somebody that you know and love. So this is a huge treat for me. Now, as we're getting started, I thought we might just kick this off because I know that you're working in the marketplace and you work with people, many of whom aren't believers, many of whom, you know, have real needs and opportunities, but you're also working on launching a, an actual ministry on the side. And so I'm wondering, what are some of the ways that you've seen faith in the marketplace positively impact people's lives? I think in, in, in perspective of what I do, which is, is construction, yeah. it's filled with a lot of what, what would be referred to as roughnecks. And I think just being a good example, a godly man in that environment, it makes an impact in people's lives. You know, one story I think of real quickly is, is a, 
a good friend of mine. I've known him for probably 18 years. And seven years ago, he was baptized, except that the Mm. Lord was baptized. And in his conversation with me, telling me this story, he lives about 45 minutes an hour away. He was telling me the story. And one of the things that impacted him was the way I lived my life. Though at the time when we were working together, I thought, I'm not doing a good job. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not being a good example or a good witness, but it impacted him and, and made a difference. And I think that was, that was one of those moments like, okay, God can still use me even though I'm broken, you yeah. know? So I think it's just walking that faith out and doing our best and being willing, you know, to share our life with people, the good, the bad, the ugly, but the redemption from Christ, you know, that's the important part. If they see that, that's a wonderful thing. So. Yeah, I I love that. And, you know, it's intriguing to me that he clearly saw something in your life that you didn't even see yourself. And I'm wondering, did he ever share any of that with you? What it was that he saw in your life that really made him look at you and go, this guy's different. Yeah, but but it it was was the conversation basically that day was and he repeated it a few times was you treated people with respect. You were kind and loving to people and. And that was it, really. Wow. I mean, he, he just saw something. He knew I was a believer. We mm-hmm. talked about church and, and, and what I was doing. And I shared the gospel as best I could at the time. But he saw something different in me. And he knew that me being a Christian, that was, that was probably it, you know. So I really, I really couldn't explain exactly yeah. what it was about what I did. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't have a formula. I don't have a formula. Sure. But I think what I... What I do is in my, in my workplace is I treat people with respect. I, I'm conscious of their feelings and their concerns, but I just kind of wrangle them in, so to speak, to the work that needs to be done in a loving and a kind manner. And that's very rare in the environment. You know, most of the guys in my position are in the field are, are barking, they're yelling mm. to get things done because that's how it works in the industry. And I don't do things that, that way. What's the old saying about more, you attract more bees with honey yeah. than you do with vinegar. And I, I think that's what kind of sets me apart is that God in me and through me allows people to see something new and different. And then they want to inquire, you know, mm-hmm. what is it? You're different than the other guys. What it is, what is it about you? And then I'm able to share my faith. I, I love that you're able to do that. And then out of the relationships you have, there come those opportunities to share your faith in the marketplace. As I think about this also, I'm really, I'm so excited about the way that God's provided for you and your family by providing this job where you're able to interact with people and to share, share your faith with them in ways that maybe don't overtly look Christian, right? It doesn't look like walking in with a Bible and just saying, you know, here are the four spiritual laws or any of those things. And I I don't want to discount those things because they're valuable when God's called you to operate in that way. But I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm thinking about this, and as you look at your time with the construction company and then also working with Tilt Unlimited and what you're doing there, there's an intermingling as well. Not only, you, know, you, you talked about respect and how you treat people. How does that, you know, how you live your faith and how you live your life in the marketplace, how does that also tie into what you're doing with Tilt? Well, Tilt's an acronym for truth, integrity, love, and transparency. So you got the love part. We talked about that a little bit. It's a vital part of who I am. And, 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 and I, I have to say this, I am not an expert at any of these truth, integrity, love, or transparency, mm-hmm. but I know that we as Christians are called to walk 
in truth, operate with integrity, mm-hmm. love others more than we love ourselves. And when we do, we are transparent. The, the, the whole idea and concept of tilt stems from God teaching me word lessons throughout the year, the years, I should say. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in, in a church home. Dad was a chairman of the deacon board and led hymns on Sunday mornings nice. and Wednesday nights. And, and mom was a pianist and the secretary for the church. And if the doors were open, we were there. And at age seven, I accepted Jesus as my savior because I didn't want to go to hell. Right. So I, I say I bought fire insurance. <laughs> sure. Didn't, didn't want to go to the bad place. And, but I didn't ever understand what a relationship with Jesus was like, what God desired for me to have. I just didn't want to go to hell, you know? And so, so at seven to the age of 19, I didn't grow any in, in my, in my, spirituality, my theology, my understanding of God's word. I just was safe. That's, that was my impression of it. But I never denied the fact that God was a creator of the universe. His son, Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins and was resurrected. Mm-hmm. That truth was always in my mind and in my heart, but I didn't know what that meant. So when I left home at 18 to go to college, I had a basketball scholarship at a small school in Northern Michigan. And didn't fit into this place that I went, you know, and, and, and it was a difficult time in my life, but it began my journey in understanding who I was, what I believed and why I believed it. So I went on the journey of truth. You know, God took me on this, this discovery of what I believed and why I believed it and understanding what that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, what is a relationship with Jesus? What does it look like? How does it work? All those things started to just kind of manifest in me. And I started to really try to understand what the truth was. Once I discovered what the truth was and I, and I, I say bought into it, I didn't buy, I didn't, I didn't offer anything up, but (laughs) once I understood it, I realized that if God's word is the truth and I'm digging into God's word and I'm studying it, I'm called to be a man who walks in truth. So not only do I have to believe it, but then I'm called to walk in it. Well, if I walk in that truth, I impact others. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so, so this journey is still continuing. So I'm going from 18, 19 years old to the age I am now, which I'm not going to tell you how old that is, but I, I, I've gone from discovering the truth, but I'm continuing to learn day in and day out as I dig into God's word. So that was the first word lesson that, that I really felt like God was honing in on for me right. because, because that's foundational. Without the truth, I really can't do much else that's helpful. Right. Okay? I can love others or I can be transparent, but without the truth as my foundation, there's not much effect in those two things. So that was the first thing that had to take place. And then as I got in the business world, I, I discovered the value of integrity. Mm-hmm. As I started to work in the construction industry and work my way up, I realized that if I'm going to be the man of truth, a man of God, I've got to operate with integrity. Right. The, the quick and simple definition I like to use for integrity is doing the right thing, regardless of how the outcome affects you. Mm-hmm. So doing or saying the right thing, actually. Can we, can we kind of hone in on that for just a second? Sure can. So I don't want to throw the construction industry or anybody necessarily under the bus, but I would suspect that there have been opportunities for you to make the non-integrity call. And I'm wondering, can you share with us when, when you're facing something like that, 
How do you walk through that? And how do you lead other people through what might be a really difficult choice for them? Because they're looking at it and going, this could cost me money, or this could cost me my image with the people around me. How do you walk that yourself and then help other people walk through it as well? It's not easy, yeah. obviously. And, there, and there's been times in, in my life, in my, in my history, in the business, construction business, that I have not done that. I've not operated with integrity. And there's been times where I've not operated with integrity and I've had to go back and apologize to someone and say, listen, here's the case. Right. And I, and I wasn't truthful. I apologize. That's not who I am. That in and of itself offers up a whole nother conversation sure. that allows you to share who you are and your faith. But, but integrity in general, I think really has to be in us. It needs to be mm-hmm. a part of us. It affects people differently and people are affected by it differently, but it affects people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you operated a business and you operated with integrity, just that in and of itself, if you were truthful, honest, despite what the outcome might be to you or your business, mm-hmm. people are going to go, that's a man of integrity. I want to do business with him. It's kind of a magic wand, so to speak, you know, not, <laughs> not to bring any wizardry in, but it is, it's one of those things that when we do it, when, when, when you take that step and you walk in integrity and you make an effort to do so, it's interesting to see how people are drawn to you. Hmm. And that's, that's really, they're not drawn to you. They're drawn to God in you. You know, right. that's, that's how I look at it. I'm ugly and uh, so, no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm not putting up any pictures then. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> that would be sad. Okay. But I think, I think it's just important to remember that we, as God's creation, mm-hmm. are called to be certain things, right. you know? And if you, if you look in scripture, you know, David was noted for his integrity. David screwed up a lot, right? Yeah. We know that story. So if if David was still honored because he was in, had a, was a man of integrity and he was a man after God's own heart, me as broken Joel, mm-hmm. cracked pot, you know, broken vessel, I can be a man after God's own heart just like David was. I've got just got to make that decision to pursue him. Mm-hmm. Job was noted for his integrity. Now, <laughs> this 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 could be a long conversation, but I'll make it a short one. <laughs> Job is one of those guys that when I first fully understood his story and really grasped a hold of what Job went through and what Mm -hmm. it meant. I related to Job. Now, I haven't lost everything that I have, but I have sat in the ashes for certain reasons or different reasons in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I've had those friends sit with me in the ashes silently just to comfort, just to be there. And then it's just... Despite, despite what was happening to Job and despite what happened to me growing up or, or what I went through growing up, like I said, I never let go of the fact that God was the creator of the universe. Hmm. His son came to die on the cross, yeah. rose again for my sins. Job was the same, you know, Job was faithful, you know, despite his wife and his friends saying, you know, it's a curse from God. You need to deny, you know, blah, 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 right. do all these things. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful story, mm-hmm. but we, we always, we always chalk it up to, you know, Job lost everything. Mm-hmm. Well, just because he lost everything doesn't mean there's not similarities between him and I, or you and him, sure. you know, the, the integrity thing, I, it, it, when you start noting that in the Bible, 
you go, okay, there's value in this in some way, shape or form. But once again, because we believe in the truth, we're called to walk in the truth. Right. If you're walking in the truth, you're then called to integrity. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's required of me to do the best I can to pursue being perfect, to, to pursue being Christ-like and, and operating with integrity. And, and so I, I do my best. I, I do my best and it's not always good enough. It's not always right or good. But like I said, when you, when you get in a situation where you, you should operate with integrity mm-hmm. and you don't, and the Holy Spirit steps in and goes, uh-uh, you know, <laughs> nay, nay, there you are having a decision to make. And that decision is, do I go back and tell this person that I misled them or, or uh, I didn't do or handle this situation properly? Or do I just let it go and see what happens? And I find myself more and more, the older I get, not wanting to wait, hold on, leave, let it go and see what happens. I want to go correct it. And when I do, I find that that brings people closer to me and, and, and a trust opens up. Okay. Do you find as you're getting older now and you've been walking in this longer that this integrity is becoming more a part of who you are instead of a part of who you'd like to become? Yeah, I would say that is the case. I, I think, I think it's a desire at the beginning to be that, to, right. to operate with integrity. Like I said, I'm not nailing any of these. That is 100%. I'm not batting a thousand, but I, I'm really striving to be that person. Right. And, and I think that's part of becoming a good friend of mine is a pastor in Michigan. He uses the term Jesus with skin on, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing the best I can to be Jesus with skin on. You know, we look at the examples Jesus gave us when he was here. Mm -hmm. Part of that, that walk was that integrity. You know, he spoke the truth in love, despite of how it affected him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. So truth, integrity, what's next? Love. Oh, the difficult chapter. (laughs) Still working on this one as well. You know, I've been married almost 26 years and it's, oh, I just gave some hint to my age. Yeah, Um, at least 26 now. (laughs) We know that at least 26. (laughs) I married young. Love is difficult. You know, we have descriptions of love in first Corinthians and and we, we, we see and can read what love looks like or Mm -hmm. is, but man, it's difficult to walk out. Once again, we've got to look at Jesus's example, what love is, despite how people treated him, despite what he went through and and the the burden that he bore, he loved. Mm -hmm. He not only loved those who persecuted him, but he loved others us. He loved you, me, the world so much that he died on the cross for our sins. He laid his life down, simple and true. Yeah. And that is the ultimate sign, sample addition of love. Mm -hmm. It is laying your life down for your brother or sister. What does that look like for me? That means selfish Joel needs to get out of the way. Selfish Joel needs to Treat others with respect. Joel, the selfish guy, I was trying to change it up a little bit, (laughs) is is called to love others more than I love. He loves my, I love myself. Mm -hmm. That was really confusing. I'm sorry. I love myself. The greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second is just like it. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, how much love do I have for myself? If I'm spending... 90% of my time taking care of Joel 
and 10% of my time taking care of my wife and my children, I obviously love myself more than I love my family. Mm-hmm. If I take 90% of my time loving me and doing the things I want to do and 10% reading God's word and talking to God, obviously I've, I'm putting my priorities in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that is to flip everything upside down, right? I've got to be that five to 10%. God needs to be a large majority of that remaining 90 mm-hmm. as well as my family under them. So it it's a difficult journey. It's not an easy one. Like I said, I'm not acing this one at all, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm striving to be a better man by loving others more than I love myself, loving my wife more than I love myself, my children more than I love myself. And it's a day-to-day decision. Right. You know, when you get up in the morning, sometimes your your first thing is I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. You make this list and it's I'm, 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 I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And and I think it's really cool that if you wake up in the morning and you go, today, I'm going to do this for him, or I'm going to do this for her. I'm going to take care of this need that so-and-so has, or I'm going to I'm going to meet the need of this stranger on the corner asking for money. Mm-hmm. And I've got some in my pocket. That's an expression of love because I'm, I'm sacrificing myself to give you the $5 I wanted to use to buy lunch, mm-hmm. you know, or, or I'm, I'm sacrificing my time which is valuable to me so that I can help you change a tire on the side of the road. Right. You know, those are expressions of love, you know? And, and I think it's, it's a day-to-day decision. You know, right. when I wake up in the morning, I've got to, I've got to approach it from that aspect. You know, I am less important than everybody else around me. So w- when you get that right, and this is something that's been kind of rattling around my head, you, you get it right. I let's just it. call it once. Just, you know, you get it right one time. <laughs> yeah. What happens when you realize, oh, wait a minute, I just did God's will. I just did what he's called me to do. How, does that change your relationship with God? I, I think if nothing else, it helps me understand him a little more. Yeah. You know, it, you know God sent his son yeah. to die on a cross for our sins. You know, the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice we, we often refer to it as is that that love was so great for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the example that, that is the, the precedent, you know, to, to understand how grand and great God's love is for me, Yeah, you know, and, and I'm very capable of being an idiot. You know, I'm very capable of, of ruining a situation with, you know, my mouth and talking a certain way or a harsh tone, you know, I, I, I can do those things. And when I do, when I hurt somebody, mm-hmm. I get angry with myself sure. first. And, but my problem is, is that I verbalize that anger with myself and it turns the, a, a situation maybe even a little more sour mm-hmm. because it's perceived as you're angry at me, you know, by the other person. And I'm really, I, I'm just upset with the fact that I just screwed this situation up. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't respond in a loving manner to this situation. I didn't handle it properly. And I don't even know why I just said that, but it, it's, it's so difficult in every situation we do to love others more than we love ourselves Yeah, because love is expressed in so many ways. You know, we got, we got words, we got touch, we got assistance, aid, help, whatever you want to right. call it. And, and, and being there to be ears to hear, you know, 
I think sometimes we get so distracted with how love makes us feel <laughs> yeah. that we don't pay attention to how it makes other people feel. You think about it. Think about a situation where, you know, there is that guy on the side of the road, flat tire. And, you know, I've been in this situation several times before. You're driving down the interstate or driving down the road and there's a guy on the, or a woman uh, on the side of the road with a flat tire. And as you're approaching, uh, do I really have time to stop and help? <laughs> yeah. It's 98 degrees outside. I really don't want to do this. But, but something inside of you says, stop and help. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. So, so you stop and you help somebody who can't help themselves. Either they've never changed a tire, they don't have a jack in their car, mm. and you've got one in your truck. You know, to be able to stop and help somebody who is in that moment helpless sacrifice yourself, even in the heat, the mm -hmm. sweat of the, you know, that sweaty heat of the day. Imagine how they feel. Yeah. You know, put yourself in, in the same situation. If you're broke down the side of the road, didn't have a jack to jack your car up, you know how to change a tire, but you don't have a jack or, or it's broken. And that moment somebody pulls up and says, can I help? Yeah. There's <gasps> a relief, you know, that goes through you. And that's, that's a love, that's an expression of love, mm -hmm. you know? Whether we look at it that way or not, I mean, I'm just being a good Samaritan. No, you're showing love to that individual. And, and once again, if we, if we do that, if we walk that way, once again, people see it in us and then they're drawn to us. Yeah. You know, they're drawn to God in us. I keep saying drawn to us, but they're drawn to God in us because right. that's a reflection of who God is. I mean, if we carry Christ in our hearts, yeah. if they're drawn to us, then they're drawn to yeah. him. Yeah. By, you know, so let's, let's kind of transition to transparency and we've already kind of touched on it because you've been transparent with us, but I'm going to be honest. I have a little bit of a challenge with the word transparency because I see it <laughs> so misused. We yeah. do so many things in the name of transparency where we expose things that shouldn't be exposed or expose them maybe in ways that they shouldn't be exposed. Or maybe we just say, well, this is just me. I'm just being transparent. It becomes an excuse. What do you mean when you say transparency? Transparency to me is... Me expressing, sharing, showing you my faults. Okay. In James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins to your brothers and sisters. Right. So they might know how to pray for you. And then the last <laughs> little part says, so that healing might take place. Yeah. You, you think about that. W what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll share a quick story. I hope it's quick anyway. <laughs> in, in 2011, transparency was you know, not the final of, of word lessons. God's still teaching me. I'm still uh -huh. learning, but transparency was kind of this big focus for me for, for several years, probably three or four years. Okay. And in 2011, I kind of felt like I had a grasp of what it looked like. And I was asked to share it at a men's meeting at our church and transparency being at the forefront of my mind. I was like, I got to do something. I got to do this. Uh -huh. So, so what I did was, is I had a, a visual aid, aid with me as I shared, I had a tarp, mm -hmm. you know, covering something on a table. And I asked the guys what's under the tarp or what's a tarp for? I'm sorry. was the first question. Well, you know, it protects people with prying eyes from seeing what might be in the bed of your truck. It, it protects it from being rained on yeah. it, it. You know, it, it has several purposes. I said, so what's under the tarp? We don't know because it's covered up. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, the first thing we need to do then is to toss the tarp. So I pulled the tarp off and there's a cardboard box that's just got scrawled on the side of it. Joel's stuff. Mm -hmm. okay. Now the next question then is what's in the box? What is Joel's stuff? Now I have a choice 
to reach in the box and pull out select items to show you, Mm -hmm. right? I can just say, Joel is a philanthropist. He likes to give people money that need help. Joel is a elder at his church. You Uh know, I can pull all those things out or I can be real with you and I can cut the cardboard. So I cut the cardboard and I opened the box up and I had an aquarium sitting there with dirt and pieces of paper just stuffed in there. And all those pieces of paper had my sins written on it. Mm -hmm. Lust of the flesh, pornography addiction, lust of the flesh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pornography addiction. You know, I said those both twice because they were big ones in my life. Okay. So I was able to go through and just in front of my brothers say, this is who I've been. You Mm -hmm. haven't seen, I'm cleaning house. You need to see what's inside of me so that I can be healed. Mm-hmm. Number one. And so that you might know how to pray for me, James five sixteen, Right. Right there. It is, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the, the process went on for some time and I wish I, I can't, it's been so many years ago. I don't remember everything <laughs> I wrote down, but, but I, it, these were all struggles of mine throughout my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And then I dug down in the dirt a little bit. I said, but there's something else in here, you know, I dug down in the dirt a little bit and I pulled out my little travel King James Bible it's wrapped in a rag. I shook the dirt off of it. I opened it up and I pulled the, my Bible out, my little travel Bible. And I said, this is inside me. Mm-hmm. It is at the center of my life or it should be. Right. Today I'm, I'm putting God there so that you can see all this stuff and see this in me. See God's word in me. Right. <sighs> that was a difficult day for yeah. me, but a rewarding day. healing took place in my spirit at that moment. Right. And, and I was free, you know, I was free from, I was free from the, the, I was free from the enemy in my porn addiction. Mm -hmm. I was free from the enemy in my lust of the flesh. I was free from the enemy in my gossip. I was free from the enemy in my, other sins, you know, it, it just, there was freedom. And, and what I did, I realized this later, what I did was I took Satan out of the equation at this point. Hmm. I took his leverage away. Right. Right. I was able to confess to my brothers, my sins, and he didn't have any leverage anymore. It's a, I'm, I'm a vampire movie fan and that might not be, <laughs> that great. might not be real popular with some people, but, but the good over evil, you uh-huh. know, we think about the holy water and the cross. Those are two of the main weapons. You know, when I did that, that day, mm-hmm. I really felt like I was throwing holy water on a vampire. I was throwing holy water on Satan himself and he had to flee from me right. because God was in me and he couldn't affect me at that moment. Yeah. Now, the other side of that is I realized after I did that, I put a target on my back, uh-huh. you know, because I started talking about this, you know, I started talking about transparency. I was very open, not only being transparent, but talking openly about how valuable it was for me and, and, and desiring that for other people, because that freedom was so wonderful to feel that healing that mm-hmm. took place in my spirit. So I put a target on my back that day, but. I had to do it, you know, for, for my own spiritual health, for my own sanity, mm-hmm. for my marriage, you know, people say that the pornography is, is, is harmless. It's a harmless addiction. It, it, it's not right. It obviously affects a marital relationship to a level that nobody really can comprehend unless they're in the middle of it. You know, I almost lost my wife 
not because of the porn addiction itself, but because who I came, who I became because of that porn addiction. Uh, you know, we struggled for years unbeknownst to her because of my porn addiction, wow. you know? So, so being able to stand in front of the men of my church and say that, and to be able to sit with my wife and share that with her mm-hmm. as well was healing, okay. uh, not only for my spirit and God in me, but my relationship with my wife, you know? You know, as, as you were sharing that story about the aquarium with all the, the stuff and then the Bible in the middle, what, what popped into my mind was the reminder that it was in the middle of the mess that Jesus stepped in. <laughs> in the middle of history, Jesus stepped into our mess. And also in the middle of our lives, he steps right in the middle of the mess. And the, the mess, yeah, there's probably some out there. And he's come to release us from it and give yep. us freedom. But at the same time, he's there with us in the middle of it. And that's incredibly powerful. We, we've been talking about some of the word studies that God's given you over the years and how he's released that, revealed that kind of stuff to you. Now I'm wondering, what's God been showing you in the last few months or the last year? Faithfulness. Yeah? Say more. <laughs> I can't do a one-word <laughs> answer. No. Yeah, I, 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 God's faithfulness in my life. I mean, it's, here's, here's the jet or the, I don't know. The, I don't even know what the word is. Brian, help me. You're the, the word gist. guy. The gist, gist of it. Is it jest or gist? Gist. Gist. Here's the gist of it. If I am willing to walk out the way I'm trying to walk out and do the things that I'm trying to do, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. When God is faithful, I am faithful. Yeah. You know? So I'm not faithful because he's faithful. Or he's not faithful because I'm faithful. Right there, you go. I'm faithful because he's faithful. Right, and, and and how do how do I get to that point, and 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 walk in that? You know, I, I'm discovering. I would. I, I wish I had time to tell all the stories. <laughs> yeah, I, I get excited because I, I. God reveals new things to me sometimes in in Scripture. You know, I, we've heard the term. You know that that. The living word of God. Mm-hmm. All right. I never understood what that meant. Mm. You know, I've been a Christian since I was seven. I'm going to tell you how old I'm. I'm 49. And, and I'm, I'm to that point now where I'm reading stories that I've heard since I was four or five years old that I remember hearing. And there's new stuff just pouring out in me. Yeah. And, and one of those things is the, the one I like to use is this. And this kind of, this kind of does, no, not kind of, it does correlate with transparency a little bit. So I'll say it. When Jesus healed the man with the crippled hand, mm-hmm. we know that, that in those days, someone with any kind of ailment of, so, so to speak, or, or physical ailment was probably kind of shunned from the community. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine this guy, he's only got a shriveled arm. Okay. And I say only, that wouldn't be fun to live with, but right. he can hide that. He can probably function in some yeah. normal fashion yeah, totally. and go to market and pick out, you know, he just keeps that thing hid in his robe. What did Jesus ask him to do before he healed him? Show me your hand. Show me your hand. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> show me the, show me the hand. Okay. Show me your hand. Exposed to the light that which you are ashamed of. Right. That's transparency. Yeah. I never got it before. <laughs> it was like, it was like when I read that after this transparency journey, I, it's like, that's it right there. Yeah. That guy had to stick out his hand, that thing that he was ashamed of. He had to show it so that he could be healed. Wow. That's deep. Sorry. I keep tearing up. No, no. I, 
you know, it's, it's probably good to just ponder that for a second, right? Because it's a big deal. There are probably people in a variety of situations, some involved in ministry, some not, who there are areas of their lives that they would like to see healed, whether it's a sin issue or a lack of resources or just feeling burnt out and overwhelmed. And part of, part of the faith community would say, well, just don't talk about that part. Just trust God about it. We don't want to glorify the deeds of the flesh or we don't want to complain or whatever. And I don't want to discount that. But at the same time, there's, a, there's incredible value in following in the path of David and going, you know what, God, this thing that I'm in right now, this really stinks. I trust you, but this part really stinks. And I'm going to need you to do something about it. Mm. There, there's something incredibly valuable about being able to do that. And it's not a conversation that we have often. And frankly, I don't think it's a conversation we're comfortable with because it seems like when I see those kinds of things, my first reaction is to try and find a way to fix it or shut it down. And I see that in a lot of people. And so that's not me going, oh, look how great I am, right? This is also me being transparent going, you know what? This is an area of compassion that I struggle with because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when we're in a tough situation and it's uncomfortable when the people we love are in a tough situation as well. And it's really easy to want to turn your eyes away and pretend it doesn't exist or pretend it doesn't involve you. So it's really good that you're able to share this. I really appreciate it. I'm thinking about Tilt, about Tilt Unlimited and what you have going on there. And we've spent a lot of time focusing on the message because that's what Tilt is about. But you also offer some other things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Tilt Unlimited is an apparel line. Okay. Uh, our, our tagline is apparel with a purpose. Uh-huh. The purpose is twofold. One is to to kind of spread the message, so to speak, of of the value of truth, integrity, love, and transparency being exercised in our lives, operating mm-hmm. in that in the day-to-day. So we want to get that message out there. That's purpose one. Purpose two is, is that my wife and I strongly desire helping people. Okay. Missionaries, nonprofits who are doing wonderful and great things in the community. But we only have so much money, you right. know, we, we only have so much above and beyond our tithe that we can kind of d- dole those things out to mm-hmm. different organizations. And and when I say we want to help, I would love to be able to just like be able to, to fund a project for someone, you know, they need $10,000 to do such and like such. Like charity water. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Joel and Anita want to do that, but we don't have the money. Right. So, so another thing that we do uh, that, that Tilt Unlimited does is that we donate 20% of our proceeds mm-hmm. to different nonprofits and 501c3s that we've wanted, that we've drawn close to and, and really appreciate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We love their message and how they're going about it. So we, so we want to be able to help them out. So when people make purchases at our website, they actually can read these bios. Okay. They can click on the about us and then it says Tilt supports. There's five different bios on there. They'll be able to read through those and they go, they connect with one of them. They say, Ooh, I like what those guys are doing. Uh They can enter that code when they check out 20% of the proceeds from their purchase then is earmarked to go to that ministry, Mm -hmm. that outreach. And, And so it's a way for us to help ministries out who, who need assistance, who, who are, funded by generous people, yeah. you know, or, or, or by people who are willing to get, sacrifice to give some money to them. And we want to be able to do that. So that's kind of, kind of where it all came from. Uh-huh. If I, if I, if I can go back to the, yeah, the teaching ahead. on, on, on uh, transparency, this whole thing kind of birthed out of 
that discussion or that teaching, one of the guys from a church came up to me afterwards and he said, I am always going to remember that teaching. I loved how you said, toss the tarp, cut the cardboard, be transparent. (laughs) That would make a great shirt. Nice. Now I haven't made that shirt yet. We haven't done that yet. It's coming. Okay. My plan is eventually to do it. But right now we're just trying to get the brand out there Uh and, and get people familiar with it. We got a we got a real crisp and sharp logo that that attracts attention, and then we've got some really great designs on some shirts. But eventually, we want to do series, mm-hmm. so we want to do a truth series, and then we want to do an integrity series, and a love series, and a, and a transparency series. So that kind of builds the product line. But we're not at that point yet. Okay. So right now, it's the brand and trying to trying to get it out there so that people will make purchases, so that we can help others help others. So now for. I want to say three or four years that I've known you, you've been walking with basically two things in your heart, right? You've got a a job that, and you're in the marketplace and you're ministering to people in and through your job. But at the same time, you're also carrying almost like a candle, like you're just helping this thing burn. You've got this thing that's being birthed in you and you're carrying that at the same time. What would you share with somebody if they're having to walk in this way where they're having to support two different things and they care very deeply about not I don't want to say messing it up, but yeah, basically not messing it up, you know, walking with integrity in in almost in two different worlds for a season. Yeah. I I think, you know, you use the the term candle and and you were there when it it was just a little, a little (laughs) ember, you know, and, and I had, I wasn't alone. Number one, I had people, I had other friends and brothers who were there willing to kind of blow on the ember every once in a while to keep it going. Because at times... I was ready to give up several times. I was ready to give up, mm. but, but I think, I think the, the important thing to remember is this, if God puts it in your heart to do something, mm-hmm. you better do it. Yeah. God put this in my heart. Do I got to do it? Yeah. You know, and, and, and people, another story, people, <laughs> we like stories. Yeah. People, people have asked me, why are you doing this? And I said, because I have to, what do you mean? I said, God's told me to do this. Right. I, 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 how do you know? I got a word from God, not, not in my heart or my mind or a voice from heaven, but a gentleman in my church who had no idea that I was struggling with this ember in my hands, trying to figure out what to do with it. If I was supposed to keep, keep it lit mm-hmm. or if I was supposed to just drop it and move on and do something else. And I, and I prayed for months. I say I prayed. I repeated the enemy's lies to me for months. Okay. You know, I said, God, I can't do this. I don't know anything about the apparel business. I don't know how to run a business like that. I, I don't I don't have the ability to function. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to do these things. I I just would repeat those lies from the enemy to God. And then I'd always end my prayer with, God, is this even real? Right. Am, I, am I supposed to do this? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And f- for several months, that was... <sighs> June, July, 2014, October, 2014, several months later, there's a gentleman in our our church that I call the postman or the mailman, God's mailman, because he's delivered words from God to me several times. And and I say this, never has he done it that I went, hmm, I wonder what that means. Every time he's come to me with something, it's like, it's true. He knows he's been reading my mail, Mm -hmm. you know, but he comes to me several months later and he gives me a hug. He said, I love you, Joel. And I said, I love you too. He said, and he, then he didn't let go. He was still hugging me. And he said, he kind of leaned back and looked at me. He says, well, aren't you going to ask me why I'm not letting go? 
Well, this has happened often <laughs> enough that I just looked at him and I said, let me have it because I knew God had given him something at that moment. And he said, God's given you something. You're mature enough to handle it. He surrounded you with people to help mm-hmm. that are, that are knowledgeable, that are influential, that are capable, all these things. And then he says, and he, th- this last part doesn't make sense to me, but it, hopefully it does to you. He goes, he told me to tell you that it's real. Wow. Yeah. Does that mean anything to you? I was like, <laughs> yes, it means a lot. It was confirmation. Right. And that's why I have to do it. You know, that is, that is my explanation. If somebody's willing to let me tell that story, I tell it as many times as I can. Because that was God's confirmation that this is the path I want you to go down, but you still got a day job. Good stuff. If somebody's heard this and they want to find out more about Tilt or the apparel line or connect with you, What's the best place for them? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, through the website, tiltunlimited.com. Uh-huh. Un- Unlimited is all spelled out. It's not abbreviated. So tiltunlimited.com. There is contact us. They can click on that, send an email, be happy to answer questions, mm-hmm. anything like that. Purchases can be made through that same, very same website. We do have a Facebook page, Tilt Unlimited. Yeah. And then Instagram, okay. Tilt Unlimited as well. So yeah, good. If somebody, if somebody is walking right now and they feel like God has given them something, but they're not sure what next steps to take, do you have an advi- any advice for them? Yeah. Surround yourself with godly men. That's good. How can we best pray for you? The juggle. The juggle. The, the juggle of starting this or birthing this apparel company, maintaining my, my day job, the one that pays the bills, is difficult at times. Yeah. You know? early on when this whole process started, I, I, I literally talked with you and mm-hmm. several other guys and said, you got to pray for me because I'm really having a hard time focusing on the job that pays the bills. Right. Because this tilt thing, it was just burning, you know, the ember had grown into this flame and I, I didn't know what to do and how to do it. And I was, I was designing, I got, I got on Adobe Illustrator and I, st- I started doing my designs and, and it was so, that was rewarding to me because I was an art major in college and here I am actually finally using my, my artistic skills in some frame, form or fashion. And, and it was exciting. And every time I saw a bumper sticker or a cool logo design, I was like, Ooh, I could use something like that. But if I tweak this or tweak that, yeah. and then I'd, as soon as I get to my computer, I'd want to sit down and I'd want to do it. I'd want to at least get some idea down. And it's like, Oh, sh- you got a You got a job. God yeah. was going, dude, you got a job. <laughs> so, so that battle was really difficult for me, but the important thing was, is the, the, I meet with eight, nine other guys at second and fourth Saturdays from my church. And we, 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 we help each other in those situations and in, in life struggles and work mm-hmm. struggles. We go from tow truck driver, construction worker, GPS installer up to VP president of a company. Right. You know, we've got that spectrum of people and all of us have been in one frame, form or fashion, business owners or, or desire to be our own business owners. And to sit down with those men every two weeks and just, pardon me, but just to be able to throw up sometimes <laughs> all the stuff that's going on in your mind and your heart, you're, you know, you're, you're just able to dump it out. Yeah. And they all reach in there and start 
helping you put it together and say, this, this seems like a great idea Mm -hmm. that doesn't let's push that off to the side and, and to, to see something just begin to develop, you know, that's where, you know, Tilt Unlimited came from. These guys were the people that, that, that the postman was talking to me about on (laughs) Sunday morning when he said he surrounded you with people who can help and they've got these abilities. Mm -hmm. He was describing the men I meet with, you know, so surrounding yourself with, with godly men and, and really finding, finding that place where you can balance is difficult. So those Mm -hmm. are, those are the, I, I just said, those are the things that I need prayer for is just maintaining, maintaining that yeah. balance is, is difficult. So that would be what I'd ask prayer for. I just went back to another question. Because <laughs> I, I've Brian, I, I think I've told you this before. I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but I exhibit all of the qualities of someone with ADD. But, as, but when I was young, uh, they didn't even know what that was. Well, so. I, I picture you in the doctor's office saying, I'm not going to wait for this test anymore. That's just, <laughs> it's taken too long. Makes sense. I, I would like to encourage you though, if you're listening to, to go ahead and take a minute and pray for Joel in the areas that he's, he's asked for prayer in. And you know, if, if you're in a similar situation or if you've got some questions that you're struggling with, I would like to encourage you to find that group of people who can speak God's life into your life. Not just a group of, not necessarily just a group of friends, but definitely people who hear from God and can speak into your life, because I believe that would be incredibly valuable for you. Joel, I want to say thanks. This has been amazing. I've so loved our time together. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's it's been wonderful. And I've told you this before. Anytime I can talk about (laughs) what God's doing, I'm like excited. So I, and I think, I think that you, as well as others, when you really start seeing God's hand in your life and you're able to share it, yeah, uh, there's nothing better. You no, know? I, not. I think there's a joy just in that, just being able to, to divulge this secret. Uh, we, I say secret with air quotes, but yeah, to divulge that secret, what God has doing in my life, he wants to do in yours. Yeah. That's cool. Good stuff, Joel. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. In just a minute, I'm going to have for you Tales from the RV. But before I do that, I want to share with you this week's podcast recommendation brought to you by MissionalAudio.com. This week's recommendation is the Global Missions Podcast. It's a program for Christ followers who want to participate more effectively in God's worth, both at home and to the ends of the earth. And I just want to say that I really appreciate this show. I think it's a great show, and it seems like every three or four episodes or so, I'm sending something off to my missions pastor saying, hey, have you considered this or have you thought about this or is this something that might be valuable to you? I've found it to be a really insightful and a really valuable podcast, and I think that you might appreciate it as well. You can find out more information about the Global Missions podcast and also a link to subscribe if you visit missionalaudio.com, or I will have a link for you in the show notes if you'd like to just click on through. That's the Global Missions podcast, this week's recommendation from missionalaudio.com. So, Tales from the RV. I got to tell you, when I say that, it sounds like I need to have some kind of huge echo chamber or something behind me because it sounds a little bit silly. But what exactly is Tales for the RV, from the RV and why should you care? Well, I'll give you a little bit of backstory and then I'll kind of talk a little bit about this. So my parents are visiting us right now and they're in an RV and my kids have just absolutely loved being out there with them. It's like a rolling home for them. And so they get to see 
my parents in their RV and, you know, spend some time with them, sleepovers, things like that. My kids are young and they really appreciate that. But the reason my parents are in an RV is because they're part of a ministry here in the U.S., a part of the Assemblies of God, where they travel around and they help churches and other ministries that are needing help building things or fixing things. They help them do that. They're able to do that because they're semi-retired. They're both able to work a little bit from the road, but then they're also able to travel and do these projects where they're helping people out and they're really enjoying that. And you know, when talking to my dad, I've been amazed at some of the incredible things that they've been able to do because they're part of this particular ministry. They've been able to help a church that's incredibly multicultural that needed some really some really strong remediation and upgrade work done. And they were able to do that as part of a team. But as we were talking, one of the things my dad shared just really struck me and struck home to me. And I think it might to you as well, because he grew up in the Assemblies of God Church, as did I. And when he was young and when I was young as well, it kind of seemed like, you know, if you weren't part of this particular church, maybe you didn't have it quite all right. And we had a real strong focus on theology and some of the and some of the particular parts of theology, if you will, that were really important. And I don't want to discount that. But as he's been watching this and he's as he's been seeing what God's doing globally through the Assemblies of God missions and through their relationships with other organizations, He's come to the place now where, along with you know what the story that you might see in Luke nine, where the disciples come to Jesus and say, "Hey, somebody else is pre- preaching you, and they're not part of us." And Jesus says, "Well, if they're not against us, they're for us." And he's kind of come to that place as well. And you know, I was thinking about my experience and how God's also worked that way in my life to where. I don't really care that much what denomination you're part of or if you're part of any denomination. I don't care that much if you're part of a house church or an organized church, if you will, that institutional is what some people call it, or a traditional church. It doesn't bother me a bit as long as you're naming the name of Jesus and you're being discipled and growing in your faith and making a difference in the world. And I, I thought, you know, what an incredible picture of how God works in and through us in the various ways, some through a very big organization, some through very, very small organizations. And my my encouragement to you is if you're in a place where you're kind of looking at somebody who's part of a different group, whether it's a different church model or a different missions agency, I, I would encourage you, if you can, to look look at that and go, okay, are they proclaiming Christ and are they doing their very best to follow him and to exalt him? And if so, then we're brothers and sisters. And my encouragement to you would be find ways to cross that bridge, to to create bridges, to cross that divide so that we can be unified and so that we can continue to walk arm in arm in all of our various different ways, all of the different ways that God has called us, because God is doing amazing things in the world through all kinds of different groups, through house churches, through movements, through church planting in traditional settings, through traditional missions, even through helps ministries in our local communities. And when we're able to see what God is doing, we're encouraged and we grow in our faith and we have opportunities to be the body of Christ wherever we are and to be connected more with what God is doing in the earth. That's my encouragement to you. And those are the tales from the RV for this week. All right. So this week, we've heard from Joel Exley about Tilt Collective and what God's been doing through his life, both in the marketplace and also in building this ministry. We've had a podcast recommendation from Missional Audio, and we heard the Tales from the RV, which 
meant a lot to me. I hope it meant something to you as well. I'd like to say thank you to Joel Exley for taking the time to do this and also to Gabby and Jeff for the work that they do to help make this this podcast possible. I really appreciate everything that they do. They, they bring a lot to the table and it means a lot to me. I'd also like to thank you for being here. Without without you here, it would just be the, the four of us, me, Joel, and Gabby and Jeff who would be here. But having you here makes us bigger and gives us an opportunity to connect more. And I would love to connect with you more as well. If you're interested in connecting on Facebook, tap your show notes art or uh, if you're on the website, click the link and let's connect on Facebook. I'd like to to do that so that we can build a, a greater connection. This week's show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Joel Exley. That's engagingmissions.com slash J-O-E-L-O-E-C-H-S-L-E. That's engagingmissions.com slash Joel Exley. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, just tap the art and there will be a link there so that you can click right through to the show notes if you're interested. That's probably the best way for you to connect with our guests and also find some of the valuable resources we talked about. Next week, we're going to be talking with Dylan Dodson of New City Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, about the church that he's planting and how God has worked through a variety of circumstances to get him to where he is today. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe to make sure that you don't miss that. And if you find this valuable, please help us spread the word. You might be the person that God uses to create connections, deepen relationships, or provide valuable resources as you sow into his kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.